Hello, it's Shelley F. Knight, bringing you Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. In episode one of Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast, we looked at happiness. I believe that to be truly happy, we need to know who we truly are and to learn what makes us, us really. Let us grab a shovel, go searching and start digging to find out who we are. If you dig deep enough, you're bound to find answers or something. Maybe some old skeletons that you've buried in hopes of never having to confront them again in this earthly incarnation. People are always searching, searching for keys, searching for answers, searching, I don't know, for reasons to be happy, reasons to be unhappy, searching for excuses of why they procrastinate, or searching to find themselves. Searchy McSearchy, I believe, is the correct medical term for this. So this week, you're going to love this, we're going to become an onion. Yep. We're going to be an onion. This is some deep psychological stuff going here, isn't it? We're going to be an onion and start stripping back some of our many, many layers to see if we can start to reveal our very core and come face to face with who we truly are. And as we know, onions can make us cry. So grab some tissues and let's start digging. Harry Moody and David Carroll wrote a great book called The Five Stages of the Soul. And one of these life stages is the search. This is a stage where we start to question, is this as good as it gets? And we start to wonder who we truly are. From the moment we are born, we are shaped by others who think they know what's best for us. We are labelled straight away with a label of a name that our parents want us to carry throughout our life. And then we bumble along through our childhood and we're taught how to talk, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. And then if we learn the words and say too many, we're often told to be quiet. We adopt names, words, beliefs, behaviours and far more from the many teachers that cross our path. Not just our parents. It could be grandparents, siblings, teachers, peers, strangers, animal, mineral, vegetable. And then at some point in our life, often after a time of loss, such as a relationship breakdown or a job loss and the consequences that follow, we start to question things that we've always accepted as our truth, when it may indeed simply be someone else's truth and experiences that we've inherited, adopted, taken on to be our own. We have become someone else's version of us and we're living a life dictated or projected on us by them. Most of our parents and our teachers do what they believe is right at the time, but we still carry stuff into our adulthood. The 
inner child from eight, whether they go on to be 25, 35, 45, whatever trauma or upset you've caused, you take it with you. So you're like this 45-year-old woman, but with the thoughts and beliefs of an eight-year-old. We need to let it go. But we don't. I am way into my 40s. And whilst working on this podcast, I came up with a memory way back in my GCSE days. How good is my memory, for one thing? But seriously, how am I still carrying this resentment from the 90s? How? Let me tell you about it. It is so small, it's almost insignificant. But I've carried it, so here goes. I love all things spiritual. And this fascination has been with me from a very young age, despite being raised in a Christian household with a slightly extraterrestrial curious dad. I knew there was more. And at secondary school, I loved religious education and absolutely thrived on its teachings. So it's only natural that I wanted to select religious education as one of my options when the GCSE time arrived. My dad wouldn't let me. His overriding opinion and subsequent outcome of my options was, you're not going to be a bloody nun, so he wouldn't allow me to take GCSE religious education. Instead, I was forced to take his option, his belief and experience, which was geography. Now, It wasn't even exciting year to study geography. It wasn't like the wonders of the world with the temples, which had a mild connection to RE. Oh no, missus. This was the year that GCSE geography was all about arable farming and land drainage. Yeah, I know. Jealousy will get you nowhere, guys. But this is what it's like. This is my teen ages. Still feeling slightly resentful I didn't do RE because... I don't know, our seniors, our parents, our teachers, teach us what they want for us, not what we need for us. From birth and throughout life, we are just shaped by other people's options, opinions and other O-words. Hence, we end up being another O-word and an onion. Here we are today. Have you ever asked yourself, who am I? I do not mean like on a girl's night out when you're absolutely paralytic on a rainbow of alcopops and you can't remember your own name. I mean, have you ever truly sat down, probably after a life-changing event or one of those life episodes where you feel you've hit rock bottom and thought, who am I? One of my first ever blogs was called Don't Read the Labels which was written back in May 2017. And it came about as I returned to university as a way to return to nursing. Stepping away from my daily routine of school-run mum, I started to see just how many roles and labels I'd accumulated and become. Although none of them really defined the core of who I am, So yes, I am so-and-so's mum. Just for the record, we've not named one of our children so-and-so. I'm just generalising. So I'm so-and-so's mum, someone's daughter, someone's friend and more. These are all relationships and connections that I have. We may know ourselves by names and labels, but it doesn't define who we are 
and it doesn't define who we are emotionally. What if I take away all of those connections, all of my external roles? Who am I left with? I'm just left with me. So if you were to take away all your connections and all your external roles, who would you be left with? I didn't know who I was. And I was in my 40s. And I suspect many of you don't know who you are once these labels, these external connections are removed. And it's not helped that we seem awfully English and comply to a standard checklist when we first meet people for the first time. What's your name? What job do you do? Oh my goodness, I can feel my soul shriveling up. Seriously. I would far rather live in a world where things are far more kooky and liberal. Like, hello, what is your soul name? Oh, what is your prominent aura colour? Do you have a past life issue that's holding you back in your earthly incarnation? Or even just ask me my favourite colour. Just don't make all your first impressions about what my name is and if my job role is satisfactory to your preset benchmark beliefs from your own parents and teachers. It's like in episode one, like the key to life is happiness. And within that happiness is like the purpose, the meaning, the pleasure. It doesn't really matter what your name is and whether you like it or not. It doesn't really matter if you've got a job and you like it or not. I've been happier in my days of working in Tesco's than I have been in working night shifts as a nurse. I've learned more life lessons from my time as a stay-at-home mum than I did learn in algebra whilst at secondary school. Do not define me or yourself by your job roles and your labels, okay? Right, I am now circumnavigating today's topic. Let us look again, my little onions, about how we can start to uncover who we really are. Actually, a quick disclaimer before we carry on. When we start to uncover and discover who we really are, we don't always like what we find. And that's okay. I suspect this will be the case for many of us today, which is why I've got your back. In future episodes, we'll be looking at topics such as self-love and forgiveness. Until then, today is just a starting block for the way ahead. Do not define yourself by your past or other people's dialogue. For now, just define yourself as an onion as we look at ways to peel back the layers. Now, this is a friendly start. I'm going to start by saying, be quiet. Such a friendly start. Be quiet. But I'm not telling you to be quiet and not speak like your parents and teachers have said over the years. All I'm asking for is to be quiet, to sit in silence. I'm suggesting you find that uncomfortable and undisturbed silence to be alone with your thoughts. I'm suggesting, as a starting point, find some time and space to indulge a little hermit time and be quiet. No mobile phone, TV, radio, bouncing dog or bouncing child or bouncing partner, whatever is bouncing. Just you and your layers sitting in stillness. And whilst we're on the subject of a starting point, be present. Do not replay the past of who you were. Do not create a fearful future of what you want to become. 
just sit in silence in the moment. Have a notepad and pen close to hand. And as the realisations and words and thoughts and visions start to pop up, just plop it all down. The good, the bad and the ugly. As they raise up, jot them down. If the silence isn't working for you, because often loads of things come up like shopping lists and calendars and things. If the silence isn't working for you, you could try working through some questions like, what one piece of advice would you tell your younger self? Another question could be, what question would you ask your 100 year old self? It could be, how are you still alive? No, that's not a good question. Um, how about, if money was unlimited, what would you do differently in your life? If you have my book, Positive Changes, a self-kick book, you may benefit from looking at the chapter titled, I am, as this has boxes of words that really help kickstart your self-awareness of who you are. And it's quite good because it looks at the emotions as well. If not, just start with the questions, like we said. What one piece of advice would you tell your younger self? What question would you ask your 100-year-old self? If money was unlimited, what would you do differently in your life? So be quiet and get jotting. The next suggestion is called, what are you passionate about? Some of the answers may have come up in the be quiet section where you're sitting there alone with your thoughts. But what are you passionate about? And I mean on a deep level, not, ooh, pizza on a Friday night, or that, ooh, that tattooed demigod down the local gym. I mean, where does your mind wander to in the moments of stillness, like the be quiet? What are you passionate about? And yes, I know some dirty minds are still going off and wandering towards the demigod in the gym, but he is external to you. I'm sorry, that's just triggered my dirty mind. I've got to say it again now. But he is external to you. You need to go back to stage one. Be quiet. Find the space and silent and think, what are you passionate about? If you struggled with the silence in be quiet, again, here's some questions you may like to go through to discover what are you passionate about. What do you want to manifest? What do you absolutely love? What are your natural talents? How easily do you make decisions? Are you ego-led or heart-led? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What makes you get out of bed in the morning? What is your internal drive? All of the you-ness in you is what makes you you. So it's good to have these insightful answers. We are complex beings. We cannot be defined by the things around us, but we can be defined by the things within us. I believe it was Sidney J. Harris, an American journalist, that claimed 90% of the world's woes come from people not knowing themselves, their abilities, their strengths and weaknesses, or their personal beliefs. And as a result, most of us go almost all the way through life 
as complete strangers to ourselves. And I love that. Although there's an absolute sadness to it, it's true. 90% of us don't really know ourselves or trust our abilities, our strengths, our beliefs. And so we never truly know ourselves. I wrote in my book, Positive Changes, a self-kick book, that if something keeps playing on your mind, that trip, that skill, job role, that recurring vision, whatever it is, if it keeps popping up, it's probably worth taking a risk and blooming well going for it. Allow your passion and purpose to become greater than your fears and your habits. If you've still got that pen and paper to hand, then just jot down some new ideas, some random thoughts, some bloody brilliant epiphanies, and hey, even cute and naughty ideas if you're still back with that demigod at the gym. Just jot down anything that pops up, and let's be honest, any of you who've ever tried to meditate will know that in the silence, in the be quiet, the busy thoughts will come. However... I believe it is possible to have the busy thoughts at the same time as having the insightful, peaceful thoughts. So just allow, acknowledge the busy thoughts, blow them a kiss, and then jot down the insight that comes. We can all sit there and plan like a ninja the next month, year, five-year plan of who we want to be, but we need a starting point of who we truly are. If we don't know who we are, then how do we know that plan is really what we want at this stage in our life? So jotting things down, writing down thoughts. What are you passionate about? What is unlived in you? What is the best that's yet to come? Get writing that down. And don't worry if you're struggling, because next up, we've got a little bit of help. So the next suggestion is ask others for insight. Right, now I'm just going to throw in a tiny little disclaimer here. As when I suggest that maybe you ask others for insight into your strengths, weaknesses, passions, unique skills, you need to be mindful of who it is you're actually asking. You know who I'm on about. Yeah, yeah, you do. If any of you are still in denial, let me exemplify for you. So say you've been in a long-term relationship with Duncan and you've been together for about eight years now and it kind of works as you don't have to wash your hair as often as the dating days. He's never hurt you. Your mum likes him and you are both fully committed to raising your three-legged cat called Tobias and You've never rowed. Good old Duncan. However, you have been asking yourself, is this as good as it gets? And you feel a little bit dead or totally bored inside with Duncan. Ladies and gentlemen, do not ask Duncan if you should stay in a relationship. He's only going to say what's right for him. So you could ask Duncan what your strengths and weaknesses are, but if you're going to ask for insight into a deeper matter, just mind who you're asking. When those passions start to come up 
and things and you're starting to question your nine to five job role, think again who you're asking for this insight. If you have some high up executive job with achievements and certificates coming out of your ears and your beautiful mum tells everyone she knows and possibly everyone she doesn't even know, then don't ask your mum as the first point of call what she thinks about you quitting your day job, selling all your worldly goods and going off to live in a hippie commune for the foreseeable future. Personally, if you were my child, I would far rather you lived in a hippie commune than define yourself by a full-time job role. But I'm not your mum, so please choose wisely. When you ask others for insight, you have to connect your vibe to your tribe. That sounds really cliche, doesn't it? But you do have to connect your vibe to your tribe. Not a dependable boyfriend, not a materialistic mum, not a really jealous best friend who's not really your best friend, just someone who is equally stuck in their life. Connect with people who hold you up, particularly on those days when you struggle to get up. Those are the people to ask. Those that have totally got your back and will find the positive in you always. If you don't have those people, you could find the positivity in yourself. The answers will come. The answers are always within us. But if the answers aren't coming for you. You could ask a health professional, a counsellor, people in a social group, anything but Duncan or mum really. Which brings me on to my next point. Assess your relationships when you are searching for yourself. I've had many epiphany moments in the shower and it came to me the other day that until we truly know ourselves, we can never truly know others. This relationship we have with ourselves is so important that until we know and accept ourselves, we cannot truly know and accept others. And this goes beyond personal relationships. This is like a manager who doesn't know who, where he's going in life, who won't understand his team and their dreams. But it's also in the relationships with Duncan and mum and things like that. Assess your relationships. When we're in like, particularly the romantic relationships, you become a half. You only know yourself as half of a relationship. You are whole. You are complete. You are enough. We have to learn to know ourselves as a whole person and not in a coexistence with someone else. We need to learn to know ourselves and then get to know others. We need to slim down our own layers and roles and simplify ourselves. When we simplify our roles, our definition, our wants and needs are clearer. Success and opportunities will come far, far quicker when we're just being authentic. When we strip away all these layers, we can see the true core of who we are. Which makes you sound more like an apple than an onion, but stick with me. You get the gist, my little fruity friend. When we start to reveal who we really are, what we like, dislike, the passions, the priorities, I suspect that life will become easier to handle. Whilst we're busy trying to spin these numerous plates and roles, and fulfilling numerous titles. Life is a little bit out of control. 
and full of plates and some we don't really need to spin. We could just let them go. We find out what works for us, what our passions are. We can let things go. Allow them to smash. The fewer plates you have, the greater quality you will have in the areas that matter. As I said, you're not half. You're not half of a relationship or part of a family. You are whole. I believe that we are all superheroes in our own individual life story. And I wrote about this in my book, Positive Change is a Self-Kick book. So, for today, if you're sitting comfortably, then I shall begin and I'll read you the chapter, Calling All Superheroes. If you want to read along in the book, it's on page 279. I truly believe that we all hold a divine power within us. A power that is unlimited in its potential to change us as individuals, as well as having an impact on the world. I know this may not resonate with you, or that you may not feel so positive about this power residing within you. But you do. And that brings us towards the end of today's episode, The Search for Self. Who am I? In this episode, we have started to look at ways in which we can unravel who we are and discover our true self. I suggested, be quiet. What are you passionate about? Ask for insight and to assess your relationships. Hopefully, as you start to work through the exercises, you'll start to have a little inkling of who you are. As I said at the beginning, you may not like what you find, but just love and accept everything you find, warts and all, dark and light. And then join me next week, as next week we move on to the subject of self-love which is one of my favourite subjects. This episode may be longer than this one, as I do get a little bit passionate about it all. So you may want to bring drinks, snacks, bring a friend. Who knows? You are worth it after all. Take care, my little onion. I will miss you shallot until then. Until next week, keep creating those small positive changes. I've been Shelley F. Knight and you've been amazing. Thank you for listening.